got the tools for someone else to learn. Let your experience flow through yours. Break in the silence. It's time to be heard. It's time to be heard. It's time to be heard. Break in the silence. It's time to be heard. It's time to be heard. Great afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the place where the silence is broken. You know where it is. It's Breaking the Silence Global Network. We are so excited to have the opportunity to come into your homes, to ride with you in your cars, and wherever you are to share a word from the Lord on today. And many of you need to understand that the Lord have me in this vein for a reason. The time that we're living in is very crucial. It's imperative that we get in position and we do it like the Bible says. So listen, we're going to worship the Lord and I'm going to pray and we're going to get directly into the word of God. Thank you, Father. Glory to you. Hallelujah. You're welcome, oh God. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Glory be to I say you will. Thank you. I know you're able. You are able, God. Hallelujah. Glory. In spite of what I feel. Oh, and I am depending on We do not own the rights of this music. We just listen to worship today. Tell him he's welcome. Hallelujah. Welcome to have his way today. Let someone know that breaking the silence is on at this time. Let them know that we're here to share a word from the Lord today. Welcome to have his way today. We want you to have your way, Lord. Glory, God. Have your way, Lord. Glory. You're welcome. You're welcome in this place. I'm so excited that you've tuned in to Breaking the Silence once more and again. And I know that the Lord, the Spirit of God is moving in your home right now. He's moving on your job, in the car, wherever you're sitting today, wherever you're resting, wherever you're standing. I know that the Spirit of the living God is right there with you. I'm going to pray and we're going to get 
and to the word of God, the word of change, the word of healing, the word of deliverance. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to share the word of God with these your people. And Father, every individual that comes on, every individual that tune in today, Father, that take their break, God, take their lunch, God, pull over to the side, Father, just to hear what the spirit of the living God has to say unto them, Lord. God, I ask that you will bless their lives, bless their families, Lord, we're living in crucial times, God, times that have not caught you by surprise, times that does not have you shocked, Lord. But Father, I ask that you would give them strength today in the name of Jesus, because you said in your word, oh God, then when we are weak, you are made strong. Father, somebody under the sound of my voice need your strength today, God. Somebody under the sound of my voice need your encouragement. And Father, in the name of Jesus, by way of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you go to that home, go on that job, God. Somebody is literally confused in their mind, God. Touch their minds today in the name of Jesus, God, because we know that you are mind regulated, God. Somebody's heart is broken today, Lord. Fix and mend that broken heart. And Father, in the name of Jesus, as you lend me the ear, God, of your people, God, I will not take advantage of the gate, God. As you lend me, God, the eyes of your people, God, I will not misuse the eyes, God, but God, prepare them to receive the Holy Spirit, Lord. Do not allow them to see me, God, but hide me behind your cross, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the anointing of God that destroy every yoke and remove every burden. I thank you now, Lord. Allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in thine sight for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. I am so excited to be sitting with you today and sharing another word from the Lord. Jesus says it so well. He says that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded or come forth out of the mouth of God. I am excited about what God is getting ready to say to you because when he was saying it to me, I was shouting in the room all by myself. I was excited all by myself. And this afternoon, we're going to be coming from 1 Peter chapter number 2 verses 8, 9, and 10. That's 1 Peter chapter number 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. And the word of our God reads as thus, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumbled at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in past time were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The grass may wither and the flower may fade away, but the word of our God, it lives forever. His word is forever settled in the heaven. We're talking about the word of God in first Peter chapter number two, verses eight, nine, and 10. And we're simply going to be talking about a people that God chose to be set apart a people that God chose to be set apart. Peter, the head of the 12, was the author of this letter. 
is not only strongly supported by the external and in internal evidence, but is more logical than any of the objections raised against him. The New Testament has four different names for him. Simeon, the Hebrew for Peter's original name, found in Acts 15. Simon, the Greek name for Simeon, applied 49 times in the New Testament. Cephas, a Greek translation of the Aramaic word for rock. The first word of this epistle, Peter identifies who called himself an apostle of Jesus the Christ. So here, Peter is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He wrote this letter to a group of Christians scattered throughout the northern area of Asia Minor, where he may have previously preached the gospel. Peter wrote to a group of people that included both Jews and Gentiles. So we have to understand as Peter is writing the letter, he's not just writing to one set or one group of people, but he's writing to both Jews and Gentiles. The apostle addressed the letters recipients as aliens, a word indicating that Peter was speaking not just to Jews or just to Gentiles, but to Christians who were living their lives in such a way that they would have stood out as aliens among the surrounding culture. So here Peter says, I'm not just writing to Jews, I'm not just writing to Gentiles, but I'm also writing to Christians, I'm also writing to the church, I'm also writing to those who have been adopted, those who have been called, those who have been chosen into the family of God. Peter had been talking about how Christ is the cornerstone, the foundation of the house of God. Who is the cornerstone? Christ is the cornerstone. He's the foundation of the house of God. He is the stone that the builders rejected who later became the chief cornerstone. So Peter had been talking about how Christ is the cornerstone, the foundation of the house of God. Who is the foundation of the house of God? Christ is the foundation of the house of God. The world did not receive him. They stumbled over him. They did not receive Christ as being the cornerstone, the foundation of the house of God. The Bible said that they stumbled over him. He came like a servant when they were expecting a king. He came to suffer when they were expecting a conqueror. As the Jews rejected him and his coming, so has the rest of the unbelieving world rejected and stumbled over him every since. Let's pay attention to what Peter is saying to us as the Christian, as the believer. And we're going to dig into this text a little bit because we need to understand. We say, oh, I am a royal priesthood. I am a chosen nation. I am a peculiar people. I am set apart for Christ. We're going to talk about that. I'll be right back. So here we find in Peter, he's talking about 
It says a stone that caused men to stumble and a rock that, that makes them fall. They stumbled because they disobeyed the message, which is also what they were destined for. He says, but you are a chosen people. And he emphasizes you are a chosen generation. You are a peculiar people. And he says in verse number nine, Peter begins with, but. Whenever you see the word but in a sentence, but changes everything that has previously taken place. He says, but you are a chosen people. Christians should be dramatically or drastically different from the world. We should be different. When they see us, they should see something peculiar. They should see something unique about us. We should not just get in and blend in. We should be able to stand out as the believer, as the Christ-like. Uh, Christ taught the same thing in Matthew chapter number five and verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. He calls us the salt of the earth. And he says, if the salt loses savor or its flavor, it's good for nothing. We have a responsibility as a chosen generation, as a peculiar people, as Christ's people, come on, to be different, to be set apart to be disconnected in a connected world. Am I saying you're supposed to be an island and you just all by yourself? No, that's not what I'm saying. But whenever you go into certain environments, they should be able to say it's something different about him. It's something different about her. That's a peculiar person. When they showed up, it just was something they never even opened their mouth. So he says that, he said, we are the salt of the earth. You preserve the world from decay. You have tremendous value. He said, you are the light of the world. Among the people of the earth, there are people who are different. Because of this difference, Christians often will be mocked, persecuted. Glory be to God. And this is what's happening to the believers in this text. They were mocked and persecuted. That's where you need to put your pen at. Because this is where the problem come in with us as Christians, as a chosen generation. We would, we would lay our peculiarness aside to fit in because if we do not fit in, we do not talk like them, we do not act like them, here comes persecution. Here comes all of these things you are mocked. But listen, I would rather be on the Lord's side, persecuted and mocked, and God is pleased than to be on the other side. Peter writes to encourage them, but also to reinforce why they should continue to be different. So as Peter begins to write, and we understand he's writing to Jews, he's writing to Gentiles, and he's also writing to the Christians, he's writing to the church. So in the midst of persecution and suffering for our faith, listen, suffering and being persecuted for our faith. So they were being persecuted and suffering for their faith, for their belief in Christ, for believing that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Glory be to God. So in the midst of persecution and suffering for our faith, there can be a tendency to dim the light and the witness of our lives in order to avoid offense. That is the new word in the church. I'm afraid to say this because somebody's going to be offended. Well, listen, this is a whole different type of offense that we're talking about. If someone is offended because your life is set apart, that's between them and God. 
If someone is offended because you're presenting the word of God in love, that's between them and God. Glory be to God. In order to avoid offense, there can be a tendency to begin to compromise. And that's where we are. We have begun to compromise because we do not want to offend anyone. We do not want to hurt anyone. This seems to be happening here in our text. That is why Peter urges them in 1 Peter 2 and 11 to live as strangers and abstain from sinful desires. He said, listen, you are an alien. You are a foreigner. This is not your home. I encourage you to live like a stranger. Listen, we are the old churches to say we are pilgrims just passing through. This is not our home. So he says, continue to be different, continue to be salty, continue to be light, and do not compromise with sin in the face of persecution. He's telling them you're going to be persecuted because you're not going to compromise with sin. You're going to call sin, sin. You're going to call it what it is. And listen, you do not have to be mean to deal with it. You do not have to be arrogant and puffed up in pride. You can do it in love and humility because through loving kindness have I drawn thee. We must understand Peter's, Peter reminds them of who they are and what makes them different. Peter said, I need you to understand you did not make yourself different. Oh, my God. As a matter of fact, you did not make yourself salty. You did not make yourself a light. Glory be to God. The priests of the Old Testament were the only ones privileged to enter the holies of holies to be in the presence of God. But the New Testament, Jesus changed everything. The royal priesthood now offered to believers is one, not only a privilege in having immediate access to God through Jesus. So now we have immediate access, glory be to God, to God through Jesus the Christ. Before Jesus, glory to God, we did not have access. Only the priests in the Old Testament were able to go into the holies of holies. But I love this. Jesus the Christ, because of him, we have grace, we have favor, we have access with God. And listen, when you come into the fullness, when you come into the knowledge and you start saying, I know the foundation that I stand on because I am the church. That foundation is Jesus. I know who the head of my life is because I stand on that foundation. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Not a woman, not a man. Come on here. Not an individual, but it's built and established upon Jesus the Christ. He says, the royal priesthood now offered to believers is one not only of a privilege in having immediate access to God through Jesus Christ, but also uh -oh, a responsibility for intercession. Each Christian, I need you to hear me prophetically. Glory be to God. And, and I understand those of you, you love teaching and you're gravitating to it. But we live in an hour where people do not want to be taught anymore. You haven't said nothing. If you haven't spit, you haven't rolled over, you haven't ran, you haven't screamed above your voice. But we're in an hour. And I want to talk to the, those of you that God is raising up 
in this end time, these latter days, just because you spitting don't mean you doing nothing. Just because you have a loud volume in your voice does not mean that you're doing anything. God is bringing it back to the simplicity. He's bringing it back to the church because we've gotten off course. And he's saying right here, this is the good news right here in this particular chapter. Each Christian is a priest. Oh my God. When we look at the word priest, we always attach a gender to it. But if you understood it in its original form, oh, the Latin word for priest simply means being a bridge builder between man and God. So you are a bridge builder between man and God. You're just you're doing the same job. You have the same responsibility as a Christian as Jesus did. Jesus came to reconcile. So the foundation that we stand on, which is the foundation of Jesus, who is the cornerstone. Hallelujah. That is now on the inside of us and we're on the inside of him. Glory be to God. We ought to be priests as Christians appointed by God, serving as Christ's representative in the world. So I'm teaching you as an ambassador, as a representative, I come on the behalf of another. This is not my gospel. This is his gospel. This is not my message. This is his message. Glory be to God. This is only a presentation of what he would have me to say unto you. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. when we turn around and say every Christian is a priest because so often we look at gender. But we can't look at gender right here because the Latin word for priest means being a bridge builder between man and God, appointed by God, serving as Christ's representatives in the earth. So you young preachers, you young men, you young women of God that God is raising up, what you want to duplicate is the message of God. You want to be different. You want to be set apart. You do not want to fit into every circle because every circle is not God. That's when the Bible says this. He says, know them that labor among you. So we are appointed by God. Who appointed us? It is God that has appointed us, serving as Christ's representatives in the world. We are called by God and appointed by him to stand between him and fallen man. We have a responsibility. Our job is to point people to Christ. Our responsibility as an ambassador, as a representative of God, is to tell people about a savior who died for them, who gave his life for them. Glory be to God. So everything has already been put in place for the believer to reign in life. Romans 5 and 17 says, for if by one man offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one man, Jesus Christ. Do not let the devil lie to you. Do not allow the enemy to talk to your mind. You are royalty. You are 
of a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You were born to reign in this life. So go ahead and reign. It is your right. But there's an order to your reign. There is a structure to your reign. Oh, glory be to God. We're reigning as ambassadors. Glory be to God. For God, we have been appointed by God to tell a world, a dying world, a sinful world about Christ. And he says that many looked over him, many stumbled over him because they were expecting him to come one way and he came as a humble servant. So when we show up as ambassadors, when we show up as representatives, when we show up as servants of the most high God, we should have that same spirit of humility. Oh, my God. Realizing that I'm serving on the behalf of another. The message or the meal that I present to you is not my message. Glory be to God. I just believe that when I share it with you, that the spirit of God is going to rain upon it and it's going to change your life and you're going to become a representative too. And I love what he says in Matthew chapter number five. He says that we are the salt of the earth. Who are the salt of the earth? You're the salt of the earth. You are light that cannot be hid. Glory be to God. He said we ought to remain salty because guess what? If you remain so salty, glory be to God, anything opposite of you, glory be to God, would have to change. I just said something. So do not let the devil lie to you. You are royalty. It is God's will that each Christian endeavor to bring the lost to faith in the Son of God. So it is God's will that every believer, not just every pastor, every apostle, so forth, the list can go on, but every believer bring the lost to faith in the Son of God, in the Son of God. Somebody is lost. And we have a responsibility as a Christian, as a believer, as the Christ-like to bring the lost into the saving faith, the believing faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That Jesus Christ, he walked this earth, he bore all of these sins, he took up on all of this filthiness, all of this stuff. He was lied on, he was betrayed, he was denied, he was spit on, he was beaten, all of that. And then he take a march down, glory to God, the road to the cross called Delarosa. He take a walk down that road and he finds himself on Golgotha Hill, a hill shaped like a skull. And he's on this cross and he dies on the cross, glory be to God. And during the time when he was on the cross, the Bible said that there was darkness, there was darkness, and then there was a quake, glory to God, and the temple was rent in half. You need to tell them that all of this happened so that they can have access to God. Then he goes and he lays in a borrowed tomb for three days and for three nights, and on the third day, he get up with all power and all authority in his hand with the keys to death and hell and the grave. Then he walked the earth for 40 days. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. And after he finished that course, he now sits at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession. We have a responsibility 
We take so much time talking about, I need a breakthrough. I sure need the Lord to, to do something for me. God is not answering me. Oh, my body hurt. My stomach hurt. My... No. If you do not believe that he's a healer, how they're going to come to him for healing? If you do not believe in your salvation, how are they going to get saved? We have to watch our words. Glory be to God. We have to watch the seed of our words. Hallelujah. It is God's will that each Christian endeavor to bring the lost to faith in the Son of God. We want people to believe in our denomination more than the Son of God. We want people to believe in us because we're so great and we're so grand and we can preach so well and we have to have the entourage and we have to have all these things and we forgot about Jesus. Oh my God. We have forgotten about Jesus because we want to be so popular. We want to be known by everybody. But we have a responsibility to take the low seat and to look low to raise him up. To exalt him so that people can look past us. But see the Christ, glory be to God. That's what a good representative does. That's what a good ambassador does. And that's what Peter is saying. Peter said, hold up. I need you to understand. I'm talking to Jews, I'm talking to Gentiles, and I'm talking to those who have been adopted into the royal family. I'm talking to the Christians. He said, I'm talking to you. It's going to be persecution because people are still stumbling over, not seeing who Jesus really is. But it's time for us, the church, the body of Christ, to take a stand to open our mouths and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. We do this through praying for their salvation and testifying to the grace of God. As a royal priesthood, we are approved. You have been approved by God. You have been stamped by God. You don't have to perform or prove, glory be to God. Can I say it again? We as Christians, as believers, as ambassadors, we do not have to perform or prove our worthness to be accepted. Stop trying to prove who you are to be accepted by people who are, who's rejecting Christ. Can I tell you something? We're living in an hour. When God has pulled the curtain, God is exposed and he is uncovered. We've been saying this for years, but it's down to the nitty gritty. It's down to the grind right now. Glory be to God. We're finding out now who's, who really believed in this faith, this truth about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about saying, yes, I believe I have been adopted into the royal family. He didn't just adopt me so I could have privilege and prestige, but he adopted me because he knew that he can count on me to tell this generation in which I live in that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the one that the builders rejected. He is the one that the church is established upon. That's why he adopted us. That's why he forgive us. That's why he gave us grace. That's why he gave us mercy. And Peter said, while you're doing this, you're going to be persecuted. While you're doing this, 
you're going to be mocked. Glory be to God. But it's worth it all. You are valuable. I'm going I'm to I'm stop right here for a minute. Because I need all of us across the board, all of my sisters and all of my brothers who are part of the family of God that's doing the will of my father. Because one thing I've come into the revelation of, just because you say you're a Christian does not mean that you are my sister and my brother. My sister and my brother, we do the will of our father. My sisters and my brothers know that they must work the work of him who has sent them while it is day because night is going to come and no man will be able to work. My sisters and my brothers, they're not walking in pride. My sisters and my brothers, they have humbled themselves. My sisters and my brothers, come on now. They're lifting up the name of Jesus. My sisters and my brothers, they're not building a self-made empire. I said this before. I'm prophetic to the bone. Glory be to God. I'm in the place that I am still in because I'm being led by God. I'm allowing God to move me on the pace he want to move me on. I'm allowing God to open the doors that he wants to open for me in whatever season he want to open it in. But let me give you a secret. If I wanted to reject God and do Patricia, I have a gift that can make me a billionaire overnight. I have prophetic eyes, prophetic insight. But I've made a conscious decision. Glory be to God. I made a conscious decision to give my gift to God. Let God control my gift and not man. You, you, you don't even understand what I just said. Some, somebody did, they hollered. Somebody just literally ran. Because I understand that when man exalts you, man will bring you down. But if you wait on the timing of God and in the flesh, I need to talk to my sisters and my brothers. In the flesh, people can see you and it look like you're not doing nothing. Glory be to God. But if they come out of carnality, if they take a look in the spirit, ah, glory. And if they take a look in the spirit, they'll see that God is doing something so awesome with you. You are royalty. God handpicked you. He delivered you. He saved you. He set you free. Put you in the earth to be different. Put you in the earth to give him glory. Put you in the earth to save people that are lost through him. When was the last time? We took the opportunity to say, I'm going soul searching. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going soul searching. I need to ask my beloved pastor friends, my co-laborers in the gospel. I want to ask you a question. How would you handle it if God sent you or he led you to 
about 400 because we like our churches packed. We like a crowd. He sent you about 400 men, women, and children with no jobs, no income, just a soul that needed to be saved, just a soul that needed to be delivered. They can't pay the energy bill. They can't pay the gas bill. Glory be to God. They can't pay the mortgage or the rent. But it's a soul that needs to be nurtured. It's a soul that needs to be fed. Glory be to God. And your responsibility is to feed them the word of God, but they come with nothing. How would you handle that? Why did I ask you that question? Because that time is approaching. That hour is coming. Glory be to God. So I pray that you've been a good steward. I pray that you've been committed to the cause and not gravitating to people because of what they can give you, what they bring to the table. He told us to thirst after their souls so that their souls could be saved, their souls could be delivered so that they can be brought out. Come on, let's begin to do it like the Bible says. I made up my mind many, many years ago that you don't like me anyway, so why not tell the truth? If you don't want to be around me anyway, so why not tell the truth? Why not be committed and sold out to a person that loves me regardless? That have my back regardless. I just said something. Those of you that God is raising up, understand what Peter just said. He was preaching, he was talking, he was teaching to Jews and Gentiles and Christians alike. And he's telling us that we're going to be persecuted. We're going to be mocked. We're going to go through a whole lot of stuff when you start telling the truth. And whatever you do, he say, do not compromise. Do not compromise. Do not sell your gift for worldly gain. What does it profit a man to gain this whole world and then turn around and lose his soul? We're not perfect. We make mistakes. But don't intentionally be thirsty for something that won't last. Don't intentionally walk over people for your own gain. Can we hunger and thirst for souls? Can we want people delivered so bad to where we can't sleep at night? To where we're walking the floor? Not because we do not have the money to pay the mortgage. Not because the offering was low. And stop compromising so your love gift could be great. Stop compromising so your cash app could blow up. All that prosperity is good. It's wonderful. But if you don't seek ye first the kingdom of God and his right way of doing things, none of that's going to be added. It will only be temporary. We have a responsibility to share the good news, the gospel message with a dying world. Leaders, let's stop fighting each other. Let's join hands because we're supposed to all be walking and doing the same thing, the same thing, compelling men, women, boys, and girls to come to Christ. So I'm going to say to you, you are royalty. Complete your royal assignment. Represent your king well because he is the stone that the builders rejected. 
and his name is Yeshua. God bless you. Looking to promote your business, book, product, or upcoming event? Advertise with us at Breaking the Silence Global Network. For more information, email us at btsnextlevel at gmail.com. We look forward to you partnering with us. that you enjoyed your stay hope something was taken away that would encourage you to break your silence too